Hi, I'm Declan from Evolve, and you're listening to the Social Media Talks podcast with Alan Hennessy from compassmedia.ie. Before we begin this episode, we'd like to give a big shout out to our sponsors and also our supporters. The Social Media Talks podcast is sponsored by Content Cal, creating a solution to simplify and speed up how teams can plan, collaborate on, approve, publish and analyze social media content in a familiar and intuitive calendar interface. In just three years, they have been trusted by over 10,000 businesses and agencies in 110 countries to deliver social media content at scale and have recently won an award for the Content Management Tool of the Year. For more information on ContentCal, visit their website at contentcal.io. We would also like to remind you the Social Media Talks podcast is proudly supported by CharityRadio.ie, one of Ireland's leading online radio stations supporting charities across Ireland for free. And now, this week's episode. Welcome to Social Media Talks Podcasts, brought to you by compassmedia.ie. Hello and thank you for joining me. This is the Social Media Talks Podcast, brought to you by compassmedia.ie, episode number 84. I'm your host, Alan Hennessy, and this is the podcast to help business owners who want to learn more about social media marketing. And if you'd like to listen to any of our previous podcasts, you can log on to our website at compassmedia.ie forward slash podcasts. You can also join our Facebook group by logging on to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash social media talks. And we're looking forward to today's show. Today I'm going to be joined by Declan Gray. And Declan is one of the co-founders of Evolve.ie, a digital design agency and his varied career spanning the print and marketing and design sectors. Declan has worked in a strategic design and marketing capacity for over 25 years. Declan's design agency applies design thinking to everything that they do. This in turn helps his customers establish an emotional connection critical to their long-term success between the brands and also their target markets. It's all about planning and organizing people, infrastructure and visual communication collateral in order to improve the quality and interaction between them and the service providers and their customers. It is also a creative way that they can improve existing services and innovate new ones as well. And today we're going to be talking to Declan all about brand consistency. So without further ado, I think we will transition straight over to the interview with Declan. Hi Declan, how are you? Thanks for joining us today on the Social Media Talks podcast. It's a pleasure to have your company. How are you? Good, thank you. How are you doing, Alan? Brilliant stuff, brilliant stuff. And of course, today we're going to be talking all about why do we need brand consistency? And it's a very, very interesting subject. And it's one that it's, I don't think a lot of people take into consideration. But before we get stuck into our chosen topic, maybe you might give us a little bit of a brief background on yourself before we start. Yeah, no problem. Um, I I started in the industry, God, over 30 years ago now, um, and I I served an apprenticeship, believe it or not, as a compositor. So they don't exist anymore. And I think one of the, the, the funniest things was I, I can remember going to, this is going to make me really sound really old, but computer class. And, um, and at the time going, oh, these things will never take off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, little did I know. 
And I was in printing then for a few years, took the transition into repro graphics, and then eventually started my own design business about, I think, 16 years, 17 years this year in August. So yeah, I've, I've been through a, a recession um, and survived, obviously, and, and built the, the company up since. We, I think at the start, we, we very much were naive uh, in the grand scheme of things. And again, it's a, it, it's, a, it's a bit like going back and your parents saying, oh, you can't put an old head on young shoulders. Yeah, I know why they say it now. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> very good, very good. Um, yeah, no, it's, and it's, I think it is, it's very true when, you know, when you start, when, especially when you start out, you're sort of going, oh, I conquered the world. And as you said, the computers were, I'm going to say, ah, these things will never take off. Yeah. But, no skill, <laughs> yeah. no skill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just punch a few buttons. Yeah, Little do we know, as they say, little yeah. do we know. So of course, today we're going to be talking all about brand consistency and why do you need uh, brand consistency? And I think it's, it's very important that especially with SMEs and most of our listeners will be uh, SMEs or medium-sized businesses and so on. So like it's it's about getting it right, I think, at the start as much as anything else. So um, when it comes to, I suppose, why do we need brand consistency? What would be your views on this? I suppose, again, it's taken me 16, 17 years of making my own mistakes. And if I can probably go through it in, in, in relation to uh, maybe go through some of the mistakes that I've made in the mm. past and y- you can see why I've taken the journey that I've taken. When I started the business, I wasn't always involved. Um, we started off as uh, AD consulting at the time and it was because I used to process adverts for the newspapers. Right. And I, I realized, and again, it was one of these things, <laughs> probably like most company naming, um, sitting at the bar, having a point, what am I going to call my business? <laughs> We're into adverts, so AD sounds well. Um, and my partner at the time, Ashley, was one half and Declan was the other, so was AD. Ashley, Declan, ads, oh, it makes perfect sense. <laughs> and then I think the transition then sort of went to, we need to be bigger than, if you're a consultant, you're only one person, mm. you know, and uh, even the name consultancy sort of uh, prohibited me from the, the, the company being bigger. So we changed to AD Group. Uh, and again, that had its own limitations. Mm. So the, the, the actual naming of the company is actually very important uh, when you're starting out. When we did go around to naming the company or rebranding as Evolve, we did it back in 2008, nine. It took us about six months to come up with a name. We had learned a lot at that stage in relation to the naming of the business, and it was looking at online and offline. And I suppose where we have come to today, and again, a lot of businesses, I don't believe, um, do this properly, is enough research. Mm. So they don't go out and look, first of all, at their own business. So one of the first things that we would sort of always try and get people or try to understand is what's the, the mission statement or the mission of a business? So why are they doing what they're doing from a day-to-day basis? What problem are they solving for somebody else? What does their vision look like? So if they're to solve that problem, what is the vision of their business? Where do they want to be? So it comes there very much down to, I suppose, the, the company themselves, the past, present, and future aspirations of the company and how they're going to affect change. And again, some businesses do this, but then they never really go. They, they, they always fluctuate between, say, themselves as a company and who their customers are. So they get, they get business from a customer mm-hmm. and then they, that's it. 
You know, they, they never think outside or beyond that. I call it the five C's. So anytime we put a business, including our own, under a microscope, we have our own company, mm. who our customers are. So who, like, who our ideal customers are and who are the, the Pareto, the perfect Pareto. So the, the, the people that prohibit you from growing, um, but they, they stay and they may go on a journey with you um, at the start and they may be very important. But if you have aspirations for your company to grow, you will reach a time where they're going to actually prohibit that growth, you know, and just because you want to grow at a certain pace doesn't mean everyone else is going to grow yeah. at that same pace as well. So you also need to look at your competitors, which is my third C, and what are they doing? So what are they doing better than you? What are you doing better than them? So that's that toggling position. Are you a market leader? Are you a follower? You know, we need to talk about the fourth C is our collaborators. So who are the stakeholders? Who, who are the people that are going to help you get to where you want? Um, and these are the people that, from a brand perspective, talk about you all the time. So yes, they are your customers, but they're also your suppliers. They're your partners in business. Hmm. So what are they saying about you? Are you a nice company to deal with? Do you get referral business from them? And then the last one, I suppose, the last C, I call the climate or context in which you're doing business. Um, and that is very much around, again, this is a research piece. So you might, it's, it's very much in relation to the marketing. So what's a SWOT analysis? So what are the strengths of your businesses? What are the weaknesses? What are the opportunities? And what are the threats to your business model? When you've done all that work, real brand consistency then comes back to Consistency of four things that I would see. Consistency of color, imagery, topography, and tone of voice or language. Mm. So color, you, when you create your logo at the outset, you, you essentially have something that needs to sit. It needs to be as powerful in black and white as it is in the colors that you've chosen, or it needs to be able to reverse out of a solid color. Mm. So once you go and start marketing yourself, you're, especially if you have partners, you are at the mercy of, say, what they do with their brand. So you have to make sure that yours sits perfectly with theirs. You know, and again, it's only down the road that some people sort of realize the likes of this. So the, the color palette that you choose is very important. Does that differentiate you from your competition? The imagery that you choose. So... If, again, you want to differentiate yourself from your competition, are you choosing a style of imagery that is the same as everybody else? So it always comes back to price then. So if, you're, if your colors and the images that you use are not different to that of your competition, how are you going to stand out? Yeah. You're just saying this again. The topography, and again, this is sort of stood the test of time in that initially everything was for print, which is where I started. Mm. You know, and then the online arena came in. And even when web started first, we had a limited, I suppose, amount of fonts that you could have on the web. But if you have one typeface on the web and something completely different on all your print collateral, yeah. ag again, how can people see the, that consistency across what you do? Mm. We do a very interesting test in here that um, we would call a brand audit as essentially and it's to take all of the collateral that people have. So this comes from email signatures, print, brochures, snapshots of the web, anything to do on social media. Take a, a photograph of it, put it all up on the wall, and then look and see, have I got one consistent color going through everything? 
have a, a consistent team of imagery going through everything? Are all my typefaces the same? And then the last one, which is really um, sort of, I, I suppose, become the differentiator over the last number of years is the tone of voice of the language that mm. you use. And that language is very much around your positioning. So you, most businesses, when they start off, talk about what they have, their infrastructure, because they're really proud. Look at my yeah. new computer. Look yeah. at my new employee. You know, but where's the real value to somebody else when they're looking in? And again, if I look at my own business and even like, I think we're on about our fourth website now at the moment <laughs> uh, since we started and we keep going and we reinvent the wheel. But every time we reinvent the wheel, we, we stop talking about one aspect because like I don't talk about employees when I take a new employee on anymore. Mm. But I would have been really proud at the start, but now I see them as a fundamental, you know, to to what we do and the kind of customers that we serve. So you you go through that life cycle of a, as a business, you know, and and again, hold my hand up. One of the biggest mistakes that I've probably made is is investing in different technologies that has come back to haunt me. Um, I would have had uh, an independent sort of uh, finance system. I would have had an independent production system. Uh, I would have had an independent uh, CRM system. These didn't talk to each other. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's very important. Very important. Yeah, and as the company grows, you know, and this is the thing about sort of, so at the core of every brand, ultimately what, what we would have is, and what we look for is, does a company have a mission statement and do they have a vision for the business? Do they have values? So I learned again, the hard way, <laughs> that when, when myself and my, my business partner, Noel, we, when, we, when we go and we look for, for new, new staff, what we didn't realize was that they were a mirror of the same value beliefs that we had. And it's only when for a small business that we bring someone in that doesn't share those same values that we wonder why we have a square peg in a round hole. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that is at the very core of branding for us. Then there's the consistency of those four things I talked about, the color, the imagery, the topography, and the language. Again, and I'd love to be able to, you know, sort of shake some SMEs and say, mm. these are the mistakes I've made. Don't make the same mistakes. But I think as um, well as I think as well as that though, when it comes to especially when you're starting out your business, it's all, you know, a bed of roses and I'm going to conquer the world and I'm going to be you know, it's like the it's like the Dell boy, you know, this time next year, Rodney, we're going to be millionaires when in actual fact that doesn't happen. You know, and no. anyone you hear who says, Oh, it was that's that business was an overnight success. Yeah, it was an overnight success over five years of them slogging away. Work. You know, <laughs> that's exactly at, it. At the bar, in, yeah. in in a, in a bedroom or something like that or wherever oh, it may yeah. be. And, started in a bedroom. You know, yep, that's think, exactly where I started. And I, I think we, everyone does and I think that's, yeah. the, that's the whole point of it and, you know, but I think where you're talking about, I think there's so much value in that in what you're saying because, it's, it is a part of research that you have to do prior to starting yes. your business because most people will say, you know, I've all, I've seen it time and time again. We deal with a lot of SMEs and like that, they would say, you know, oh, well, I was creating these um, pieces of jewellery or I was creating this product and uh, a lot of people started getting interested. So I decided to start a business and they start the business 
and they say oh I'll learn as I go along and you actually go no guys stop for a minute just take stand back from this look at this before you go is this going to be viable or are you going to spend two years of your life trying to build something that's going to collapse around Sail. you you know what yeah. I mean it's literally Completely. so I think it's so so important when it comes to uh, research and, and what you do I'd be exactly in the same position yeah. when we started off Compass Media it was that's that similar situation to where I thought I said oh well I can do this but then yeah. I stood back and I went now hold on as I was branding myself as a digital marketer and I was mm-hmm. going like, and I've told the story before I was going to networking meetings and they saying oh what do you do I'm a digital marketer people were walking away and you're going yes. why are they walking away because I had to stop and stand back from that and say, well, digital marketing is a word. And I actually asked a number of people, why do you walk away when I say that? And they went, because digital marketing is so big that I wouldn't understand half of it. So we literally sat back from that and went, okay, well, where is our core strength? What is it that we do? What is it the one thing that makes us good at what we do? It's we like to do, we know social media inside now. We know, you know, we are personal. All of these attributes that we're able to stand back and take that and that changed the dynamic of our business. And it's and I've I've seen it with other businesses that have done it, but yet again, like that as you say, you see it out there that so many of these small SMEs and I'm not saying that they're doing it wrong, it's just that they're not actually looking into this and they're not educating themselves before they actually take the next step yeah i think a a, a lot of businesses like most most of them would have heard of oh yeah what's your usp you know Mm. what's your unique selling proposition or but it really comes back to we 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 ask what's your uvp so what's your unique value proposition what makes you different you know because you sort of alluded to it there we do digital marketing um and you look at the competitive minefield that's out there and everybody does digital marketing. So they don't know what value you can bring to the de- to the table. How are you going to solve their pain point? And people buy from people oh. to solve pain points. Mm. And that's like, if we can bring it very down to a very basic system like that, like when any of the customers, and we've started and she's like, I can remember lying in bed two, three in the morning, wondering where, the money was coming to pay for the staff. And like, so when you say a, a business is, uh, is tough for an SME, it is. It's 24-7. Mm-hmm. You never stop. And it's one thing that I had to get right in my head was that like, I used to come in here at 6 and 7 in the morning um, and the staff would arrive in at 9 o'clock and they would leave at half 5 or 6 in the evening. And I'm there going, where are you all going? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is... And there was times when, and through the recession, thankfully, I didn't let anyone go, but they all got paid. There was times when I didn't get paid yeah. to keep, I suppose, what, like, it's a bit like your own baby, you know, like, you, that's the last thing you want is you create something you don't want to see the demise and you'll do whatever it takes, you know, but true again, that business life cycle, you'll reach phases that you'll go and you'll look back and there's things that I would have said and done that as my business have grown and I look back now, I go, did I really say that? Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. and, and I suppose over the last year, what I've done is I have tried to take the knowledge that I have and put it into a, what I call our brand ecosystem. And I've built, or we have built, I should say, um, a platform on the back of our website 
that we use as a training tool. And again, it's when I sit down with somebody and I start having a conversation with them, it's about, first of all, listening, then thinking and responding. So with every business at the very core of our business ecosystem sits the branding. Around that are those four elements I talked about, the consistency of color, imagery, topography, and tone of voice. You then have aspects of how you market yourself. So within that, there's, a, there's a sort of your media. So are you going to go down the road of owned media, earned media, and paid media? So owned is very much within your control. So if your competition brings out a brochure, you can choose to bring out a brochure. Mm-hmm. So that's down, down to you. The earned media has come about because mainly of social media. So in the past, it was very much a push marketing. So marketing was pushed out at you. And then with earned media, all of a sudden people had a voice. So if somebody went on and complained on Twitter, you had to react as a brand to what was being said. And that became around the earned media. And then the last one obviously is paid. So your paid media is very much, are you going to go outdoor? Are you going to go radio, TV? Are you going to go online? And again, that's very much that push media. So whereas earned is pull media, paid is push media. But outside of that sort of core regardless of the size of your business, whether you are a corporate or whether you're a one-man band, there are four quadrants that you need to be thinking about and how you message yourself out into those four quadrants. The first is very much in that research piece that I talked about earlier on, Mm. so that's that five Cs. So have you looked at all the different aspects of your business, your competitors, the marketplace and everything else? The second one, and it's the age-old one, is about people. You know, so... The, the people that you're dealing with, so your customers, your suppliers, what has changed again over the years because of big data is the, the knowledge that we can extract now on people. Like if you go back 10, 15 years ago, it was a phone number. It yeah. was points which are made to try and influence it, the madmen type of mm. um, sort of advertising. Uh, whereas now psychology has become part of it. Like if, if, we, if we look at Google, what is Google selling? Google is selling us words yeah. at the end of the day. The third quadrant is very much about business strategy. So again, regardless of your business, you've got operations. How are you going to get the stuff in and out the door? You've got um, people in HR. So whether you have staff or whether you're dealing with people outside, how are you interacting with them? You have sales and marketing. Again, how are you going to sell yourself? How are you going to market yourself? And you've got finance. So as an SME, most of it probably falls on your yeah, own lap yeah. to do everything. Yeah. So you 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 have all of these jobs, but if you go up into a corporate structure, they have you know a production department, or they would have mm. a HR department, or a sales department, marketing department, or they have a finance department. Whereas when you're an SME, you do everything. And then the final quadrant from a brand perspective is what is your own service offering? You know, and that is whether you're a plumber, whether you're selling insurance, or whether you're doing social media, yeah. you know, but it's understanding where you sit within that business ecosystem and how you're branding yourself out. So why does somebody want you, you know, and that's that thing. What, what, what value do you bring to someone else's? Mm, I had that, I had that only yesterday. I was actually over visiting a client yesterday and like that, they said, uh, the, one of the guys that I know who works within the, within the organization came down the stairs and he says, Oh, there's Alan Hensley. Jesus, I haven't, like, I haven't speak, I haven't seen him in maybe two years, but he turned down and he says, Oh, sure. I know what you do every day. He says, sure. I see you on LinkedIn. And I'm going, yeah, but that's 
what I am supposed to be doing because that's where I want to be seen. That's, that's where, <laughs> that's where I want. So, and as, and as, as I said to him, well, that proves that it's working if you're seeing me every day and you're yeah. seeing my content. Now, I'm not saying that I'm there and I'm pushing stuff and they're going, oh, stop looking at this because that can be, you can have that aspect, of course, of as well, of being on social media, of just being so intrusive that people will just stop watching you or stop looking at you or whatever it may be. But the point of the matter was is, is that my visibility was there to him yeah. and he was able to see it. So that is where my marketing strategy is, is working. And I know it's working because of the research that I've done over a couple of months to see, okay, right, well, this works, this doesn't work. What do we change? How do we change it? And then what is the value that it's going to bring? And, you know, we spoke about it offline. It's about solving a problem for yeah. your customer. It's the key to it is, is what problem can I solve that's going to help you, that's going to make you want to deal with me as opposed to deal with the next person. And I think that's so important. But I think where you're talking about brand consistency and, you know, your logos and your fonts and stuff like that, I think a lot of people miss out on that because they just go, all right, well, I want to, you know, uh, I'll pay 50 euros. I'll pay 50 euros or I'll pay yeah. five euros on five or something. I get, I get some of that. And, they go, that's great. And, you know, in fairness, the work would be great. The work would look good. But then they only send you one copy of it. Yeah. And then you go, well, OK. And then when you deal with them, like, and I've dealt with a number of companies, and I'd say, send me over your logo. And they'll send me over. And I'd say, have you got another version? Or have you got a brand kit? And they go, what's a brand kit? Yeah. And I go, well, what's the colour of the font? I don't know. That's it there. It's blue. And I'm going, well, <laughs> what tone of blue is it? So you end up having to go and do all that research and help them out that way. But, you know, so whereas if you're getting that right at the start, it makes yes. it so much easier. Yeah, and I think that's where a lot of my, I won't say frustrations, but, you know, like I, I do see a lot of businesses. And, and again, with the passage of time, sometimes I can see businesses that have potential Mm. And sometimes I can see the ones that I know that they're going to be back in, you know, in another year or two in a different guise. You know, they're either going to be yeah. working for somebody or they're not going to have the same business model. And like, do you let them go on that journey? Do you try and help them? And I suppose that's something that you have to battle with yourself. Like at the end of the day, we, we only have one chance of this life, mm. you know, and it's, it, it is about, it's about enjoying the journey. So if you can make that journey easier and better for somebody in some way be it from a work perspective because again the two they're very closely linked like if and i've gone through periods within work where i question everything that i'm doing you know and sort of say jesus like why but and, and it has that knock-on effect of affecting your home life you know and then mm -hmm. and vice versa as well you know so but the, your home life and your work life coexist in in a sense to to help you have a better life you know um but like again, when I look at the, the the team that we have in here, I see it like a little family, you know. Yeah. At the end of the day, and like a, like one of the lads now, he's he's with me about fourteen years. So I've seen his family grow up, you know. So like I have, I have a certain responsibility to him, you know, and, and to the to the rest of the crew inside in in developing sort of his career path or helping him develop his career path so that he can give. Not that he hasn't a good life, but he can give a better life, yeah. and better opportunities to his children, you know. So, uh, so my mother says I wear my heart on my sleeve too much sometimes, but uh, I don't think it, that's it, a, it is I, very much. I think, and I suppose I yeah. see it yeah. in branding. And I, if I can help people, I do. 
Yeah, and just so, on that point though, that you're saying, oh, you wear your heart and your sleeve, I think, you know, maybe 10, 15 years ago, that was not the norm. That was not what we did, as whether as employers or, you know, employers or employees. Like, you, you never, you never was, it was always the boss was always up in the, the top floor and he wasn't. Whereas now, I think, because of the society and the, the, the world that we oh, live in please. now, it is about that. It's there's there is no so it has to have that interaction and I think we have to wear our heart and our sleeves and we're all in it to to do a certain thing, whether that to be, you know, to make a better life for ourselves or whatever it may be. But yet again, it comes back to consistency. People. It comes back to people, back to and it comes back yeah. to what we believe in and what we, yeah. what our values are. Because if we yeah. don't have them, how else are we going to do it? And that is should be, you know, listen to what you're saying here, and I totally agree with it. I see every every point, every touch point that you've talked about. I've I've agreed totally with because I think it comes back to your brand consistency. What do you stand for? What are you are you trying to achieve? What good are you trying to create? Because I think, you know, and I had a conversation with someone only a couple of weeks back saying about, you know, don't worry about the money. Okay, I, I know at the start, an SME. It's everyone's pain that's, point. That's, that's, that know, everyone, like, everyone says that, you know, oh, I'll have to because if I don't mm, have money, I can't do this, blah, 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 eat, whatever. Can't live, can't, yeah. And I understand that totally. But I also see that when you stop focusing on the money and start focusing on what you're doing and how you're doing it, the yeah. money will follow. It it, it, it does, exactly, and yeah. it it's you know it's because of what you're doing and will attract people to you, and hence it's the it's the circle of life type of thing, and that's the way it is. But yeah. I think oh, it is very much. So. I think brand like, consistency again, is so important, though. Yeah, but uh, like uh, even looking back on reflection in the company as well over the years, like there were times when I suppose the only thing that I had was my own value based system to to keep me going. And you, you question, uh, your own confidence gets called into, into question a couple of times about what you do. But if you're true to your own values, yes, you do, you do come out the other side um, and you come out the better person having learned mm. certain things. And those values, I, I got involved in an organization there about a year and a half, two years ago now nearly called Lift Ireland. Um, so it's leading Ireland's future together. And Joanne Hessian, who's a, a fellow uh, council member on Dublin Chamber, started this organization with Sonia Lennon. And I remember when she was saying that like, uh, that they had measured, there was an Edelman Trust barometer where Ireland ranked, I think it was something like 28th or 29th, behind countries like Russia and Poland and Turkey. Countries that, again, they're, they're fantastic countries, but I suppose in, from a perception perspective, we'd have thought, geez, like, like look what goes on in Russia, look yeah. what goes on in Turkey. Why are we behind them? And then you start to question, you go back to the value system of uh, like what happened in the church, what happened in government, you know, what happens in mm. society in general. And then you say, well, okay, yeah, I can see why people would not trust us. So Joanne said about to, to try and change this with the, like we're a founding partner of Lyft, Evolver. Um, but she said about trying to start to change this uh, in a work environment. And I remember saying to her at the time that, this is really, it's, it's fantastic that it's happening, but it has to come back to family uh, around yeah. the table. And because the, the values that I have, I got them from my parents and my grandmother, thankfully, who lived with us till she was 99. So once they were bet into you, <laughs> well, they probably were. I think they were it, still. It's, it's common courtesy things. Yeah. Like I would still, like I hold the door open 
for ladies. And mm. holds are open for a fella as well. But like, <laughs> it's, you know, like it, it's, it's just, there's, there's certain things that are just common courtesy, yeah. you know, that that would have been something that was, you know, I would have learned as a kid, yeah. you know? So it, these are the values that uh, it's, it's obviously a value of respect, you know? So when you carry that into a business, and again, I alluded to it there a while ago, when I went looking for my employees or our employees, these are things that I was looking for. And it's when somebody that comes in, and I'm not to say that the people that don't share the same value-based system as me, that when they come in that they're bad people, it's just that they're different. Yeah. You know? And they believe it or not, the brands that you spend most of or spend the most on in your life is actually you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and people don't. People say, well, are, are you really a brand? Yes, you are a brand. Of course you are. It comes down to what you wear, what you do, how you, you know, socialize. So you spend more on you as a brand than you, you spend on anything else through your life. And everyone else is pitching to get a little bit of that expenditure mm. because you're the one with the disposable income at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, yeah. so you're the one with the pain points and people are there to solve those pain points. So, you know. But uh, no, I do. I find it. I find it fascinating. I always have, and I think even when I was in school, I just I found people fascinating. I still do. You know, yeah. like what what makes one person happy and content with what they have to another person who constantly wants more? What mm-hmm. makes somebody step out of you know, um, let's call it the rat race? You know, to yeah. to, to to go for a completely different lifestyle. I was I was lucky enough. I was away skiing there last weekend, and oh, I hate um, that. I hate that when you drop drop little oh, bombs. Sure I, drop in I, just, skiing, uh. I just dropped in. I just I was away skiing. <laughs> yes, indeed. <Yeah. laughs> well, we but were no, sitting here in the, in the lashings of rain. Yeah. <laughs> I know, yeah, Jesus. But I was chatting to I was chatting to a guy over there who who was organising um, ski lessons for for a group of people that are going away at the end of February and. I, I met him through cycling and I only really got a chance to chat to him over a beer there at the weekend. And he was an engineer back in the day when we were coming into the recession, saw the writing on the wall, stepped out of it and said, right, what, what do I really like doing? Mm. So half his year he spends as a cycling coach. The other half of his year he spends as a ski instructor. So he has taken his passion and actually turned it into a livelihood for himself. Yeah. So that's his brand now, you know, and consistency of that brand. So he eats healthily. He's, he's in his 60s, but he looks like he's actually in his late 40s. But he lives outdoors, yeah. you know, and really nice chap. Um, and like, again, it, it comes back to the, the values that he has, you know. And I remember chatting to him and said, how long are you going to do it? And he said, as long as I keep enjoying it, Brilliant. you know, so, it's and it's great, the same yeah. as business. So he is his own business. He yeah. is his own brand. And it would be the same for me. How long am I going to keep doing this? As long as I keep enjoying it. Yeah. And I know, and I, and I understand that obviously evolve and we, we will mention it. We'll talk more about that in a minute, but at the same time, I know that that is your business and that's what you do. And you do, you know, web design, digital marketing, so on and so forth. But you're yeah. also involved with the Dublin chamber and, this is not a plug, um, by by no means or no nothing at, at all. But <laughs> now, but what the point being is, is that I'm, what I'm trying to make here is, is that you know, as much as you have your own business and you employ people and you you look after your clients and stuff like that, you also have um, a social responsibility where you're actually involved in the Dublin Chamber. 
Yep. And you know, you you speak and you see the you see the things that are going on with small, medium sized businesses and corporate businesses, and how you can affect change. And I know that um, you're looking, you're going for, I think you're going for, I think. Yeah, re-election, cancer, re-election actually re-election. coming up, yeah, yeah. And you have been on that and you have, the, like I've, I've seen it firsthand, the amount and what the work that you've done. So, you know, with regards to say the re-election of that, what does that involve and, and, and what is it that, that you're going to be sort of looking to do over the next year or yeah, two about that? It's, um, it's a difficult one. Um, I suppose... It, it, you sit for three years if you mm. if you're lucky enough to get membered, uh, sorry, re-elected by the, the the membership base. I think I was probably naive going in the first time. It took me about a year to come to grips with what a council member does. It probably took me a further year to try and find my voice. But essentially, you know, the council are there to help businesses, and as an SME, you wonder how strong your voice is. As the owner of a brand design agency, I wondered, like, what's that got to do with, you know, say, sustainability policy? Or what has that got to do with? We, we, we worked on, on a task force there last year called Global Reputations. And I questioned the value that I brought to, to the chamber and whether it, would, whether it would actually go for re-election. But the journey over the last three years has helped me understand how Dublin as a machine works. and. I wasn't going to go for re-election if I couldn't bring value to what they do. And I looked and I said, well, okay, I can understand why somebody, say, going for council uh, from a financial perspective could bring value to, say, the budget task force. And I'm there going, like, what can I do as a designer, you yeah. know, or a brand, a brand designer? But essentially, we, we apply design thinking to what we do. We're problem solvers. So for me... The, the chamber base or the membership is about people, whether you are in as an SME or whether you're in as a corporate. Everybody within their business has a challenge or has a pain point. And I, I think I have the ability to be able to sit back, look sort of a, across the, the, the different membership platforms and try and evaluate what the challenges are for people as people, people as a business, and then those people trying to actually help Dublin become a better place to live. And I suppose at the end of the day, uh, what I try to do is then come up with solutions that things would be made an awful lot easier. So I'm I'm not necessarily always the loudest, loudest person in the room, but I will evaluate and I will try and listen and come up with the best solution in the room, regardless of what the topic of conversation is. Mm. And I've, I've been able to observe some of the meetings that I've been at in the past and I would be sitting and listening. And again, as I said, not the, not the, the, the loudest and the most vocal in the room. And I don't have to offer an awful lot in some cases, but I remember one particular meeting that I was at, I won't name any people, but somebody was going and talking for, they, they had, a, they had a, the, I suppose, the podium and they were talking incessantly about something. And one individual made, a, another individual made a comment and the, the person who already had a platform kept going and going, but completely missed the, the direction. And I interjected um, and was able to simplify what the other person was trying to say. And it completely changed the direction mm. of the meeting and the value that came out of that meeting. So it was little things like that that made me go, well, actually, I do have a place um, on council within Dublin Chamber because if I wasn't there, 
that conversation could have gone off in a completely different direction and we wouldn't have affected change in a certain area that can actually help all the businesses, regardless of their size within the, the organization. And again, ultimately, I suppose... We were in a lucky position that three years ago, we, we got to rebrand uh, Dublin Chamber. So I would be very aware of what their mission and vision and values are. And obviously, they want to create a better Dublin. So I would always have that in mind. And I think that's, um, I think that's very important because I also see that, you know, like as much as it's the Dublin Chamber and it's, it, it, it's, it's the members, but I think it affects change throughout yeah. Dublin, that it's not just within one organisation because it does filter out. And, I, and you know, and, I, and that's where the beauty of this ripple effect happens as much as anything else. Yeah. So I think there's very, there's, there's a lot of good there that within that. So we wish you um, the best of luck. As, as Thank I you very much. And, you know, we do think it's a, I think it's a very good idea. And I'm not just saying it because you're on the podcast because I do know the, the, the amount of work that you have done. And the concern, and the you know, and the uh, the the amount of time and effort that it takes it ta- that takes to put into it, yeah, you know, the, so the, it's, the seven o'clock meetings in the morning yeah, that nobody sees, yeah, exactly, and a lot of people don't see that as well, you yeah. know, but um, yeah, no, it's brilliant. Um, I always finish out the podcast with one simple question, Declan, and it's uh, not related to anything that we've been talking about. And the question that I always pose to my guests, and I have done for the last 80-odd episodes, is is if you have the chance to invite someone to dinner, whether it be past or present, who would it be and uh, why? I suppose I always go, sometimes, well, not always go, but sometimes go with the first thought that's actually jumped into your head. Um, I never saw either of my granddads. Mm. Um, and... I had one, one gran who lived to 78, my mother's mother, and then my dad's mother lived till she was 99. Um, but if, can I bring my two granddads? You can bring as many <laughs> as you want. Because at the end of the day, um, my parents have helped mold me into what I am. Hmm. But I would be intrigued to chat to my granddads to see what they were like to mold my parents into the, and it wasn't just my granddads, obviously my grands, I got to know my grands, never got to know my granddads, but what were they like as individuals to help mold my parents into people that my parents are today? So like, I love my parents dearly. Um, geez, I have some great, I won't say arguments. I'll call them conversations <laughs> with my dad. He's a debate. He's a debate. Yeah. <laughs> And, I, and it's funny because and I, I have this with my siblings as well. Like sometimes you look at your parents and you, 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 you tend to see. Um, <laughs> I know you exactly what you're things. going to say. <laughs> yeah, you tend to see the bad things and go, Jesus, I, like, please don't. I don't want that. Yeah, like, yeah. But, and we never focus on the good things, you know. Um, you know <laughs> well, we don't focus on them too much, but they're there. And it, it's, they have given us what we are today. So... Yeah, I, I missed that link of not being able to see what got my parents the people that they are today. Brilliant stuff. I'd be a strange one. Yeah, most no. people probably go for political people. No, or no we've had, we've, we have, I have to admit, we have had a lot of uh, people who have talked about um, their granddads and their grannies and their, you yeah. know, their, their family as well that they would love to spend time with. You know, so it is, and it's, you know, I think that's, what makes the person and that's the reason why we asked that probably that question is, is to, question. to find out you know a different <laughs> way Declan how can people reach out if they want to get in contact with you and find out more um, about yeah evolve.ie um, or you know like um, I always laugh and say well 
go on and just Google my name, Declan Gray. But unfortunately, there's a, um, let's just say there's a shady character as well called <laughs> Declan Gray who, who has happened to be in and out of the, the, um, <laughs> the, 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 the jail system. <laughs> so don't go that way. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the company name is Evolve.ie or again, because I, I sit, currently sit on council in Dublin Chamber, um, hopefully would like to get re-elected. Yeah, you could reach out through Dublin Chamber. Um, and people can reach me there or even through yourself Alan. Brilliant um, because like we we have started to to do some work with each other as well over the last couple of months mm. um, and yeah like I have I have two customers that are extremely happy with the work that you're doing brilliant um, stuff well that's so, great to hear <laughs> um, and it's you know and I suppose like from the outside in looking at the start I'm wondering are you going to bring the same value that we have brought and yes you have and you've probably excelled in areas that maybe we should learn from mm. you know so um so yeah thank you for that um so yeah uh, as I say evolve.ie through Dublin Chamber or through yourself brilliant stuff and like that, we will put all of uh, the, your details and in the show notes is here for this particular episode as well and how people can get in contact with you. Declan, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you uh, you today much. and uh, we wish you continued success in the future and uh, we should talk to you soon. So thanks for Excellent. coming on the podcast today. Thank you very much. Talk to you soon. Cheers. All the best. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, thanks for joining us today on the Social Media Talks podcast and hopefully you learned some great information and also insights from our guests today. And if you'd like to listen to any of our previous podcasts, you can log on to our website at compassmedia.ie forward slash podcasts. And all of our podcasts are available on all the usual podcast providers, including Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Mixcloud, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And we would be delighted if you would leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts as we're always thrilled to receive your feedback on any of the programs. You can also subscribe to the podcast there so you never miss an episode as well. And if you'd like the show notes for this episode or for any of the previous episodes, please log on to our website at compassmedia.ie forward slash show notes. And if you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, please do get in contact with us. All you have to do is email us at smtalks at compassmedia.ie. And if you'd like to find out more about the services that Compass Media provide, from social media marketing and training to podcast services, please visit our website for more details. You can also reach out and connect with me across all of the social networks, including Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and I will personally answer every one of your requests. That's about all for today. I've been Alan Hennessy from Compass Media for the Social Media Talks podcast. And we look forward to talking to you next week. And as I always say, be social. So until next week at the same time, bye-bye. Social Media Talks podcast is a production from compassmedia.ie.